are we serving the community members that need to be served best or are we just kind of blanketing to those that have been entitled and can access this? This isn't just to do something shiny or do something like every other city's done AV, okay cool, let's copy them. Uh, what we're trying to do is figure out this last mile, first mile issue that we have with our public transit. A lot of the time when we think of the word innovation, we think about technology and solely technology, things that are flashy and new and bright and shiny. But Chief Innovation Officer Brian Dillard says his team's focus is simply solving problems. Problems like workers who don't have cars, but who live dangerous distances from bus stops. Problems like heat islands throughout the city that make summer more unbearable in certain neighborhoods. And to do that, they're going back to basics taking some time to talk before committing to new tech. What exactly does his office do? What are they working on? And how will they focus in on and hear from people who need help the most? This is Commerce Street from Ken's 5 Eyewitness News. So first, just kind of talk me through what the Office of Innovation is and kind of what your role within the city framework is. Yeah, so Office of Innovation has been in the city of San Antonio for uh, since 2007. We used to be the Office of Innovation and Reform, so it was more of a kind of the, uh-oh, the auditing guys are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, we've pitched over. Um, our bread and butter for the longest has been our process improvement uh, team. And so basically, if a city manager or department director comes through and identifies a process within the city of San Antonio, within one of the departments that's inefficient or ineffective, our team goes through, does an assessment, and then provides a recommendation on how to improve. Um, so that's really been kind of our mainstay for years. Uh, as of the last two years, we started doing some smart city projects within the city of San Antonio, uh, but there was never really a program or a strategy associated with it. And so um, us coming in has really kind of kicked off what we call Smart SA, which is our Smart Cities partnership among City of San Antonio, CPS, SAWS, River Authority, and a few other partners. Um, and this is basically the, um, the, the uh, attempt to start to implement an actual program. So before we were doing piecemeal projects. So if a, if a, a council person or city manager would go to another town and see something cool, they'd bring it back and say, hey, why aren't we doing that? And that worked for a little bit. Um, that's really kind of the Smart City 2.0 type model. So there's three of them. And we're working with the Smart City 3.0, which is really co-creation. So we're no longer just taking shiny technology because it's cool. Um, our first three months in uh, the city of San Antonio, me and my teams, was October to December. And all we did was community outreach. We did nothing related to tech. All we did was community outreach to identify challenges rather than technology and solutions. We took that, pitched it out to vendors, and said, hey, I want you to come back with um, some solutions that are very community-specific for our city. Uh, And so we're running through those now. Um, We got close to 4,000 survey responses back, which is excellent within the three innovation zones. And so we're starting to implement some of those solutions now. And again, not solutions because of shiny tech, but solutions that actually change people's lives. And solutions to problems that people told you they had. Yes, absolutely. So a lot of the responses were traffic congestion, uh, walkability, pedestrian safety. I mean, Vision Zero is a big goal of ours to reach. Um, but also, you know, kind of the climate action item. You know, there's some, there was some real concern about air quality and water quality, especially in, with the city that has a river running right, right, right through it. Um, so, yeah, it, all, all of our stuff really reflects on that. One of our big smart city projects that we're about to start working on is a digital divide assessment. So we can do all the technology and data and all that, but if the people don't have access to it, 
if they are unable to afford to have access to it, we want to identify that and figure out some solutions on that end as well. So what we didn't want to do is come in and just throw money at a problem that we didn't really have a clear definition of what that problem looked like. So we're working with UTSA, Saha, our housing authority, and the public library to identify where does the digital divide lie within the city of San Antonio. And this is citywide. It's a really big project. Uh, but we're really excited about that. We think the end result will be kind of report cards for each council district mm -hmm. to not only identify the problem, but then below uh, create some solutions, identify some uh, capacity uh, that, that we kind of fill in those gaps with some partners or, you know, whatnot. I mean, ISPs and telecom companies are coming to us left and right asking us, what can they do? Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point of this assessment. We want to be able to strategically tell them this is what you can do. We have probably a lot of people that have the misconception that there's only a lack of internet or a lack of Wi-Fi in really rural areas. But could there be areas within San Antonio and are there families who don't have regular access? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we also work with the Digital Inclusion Alliance of San Antonio. Uh, and based on their studies and studies that they've utilized, one out of four people do not have access to the internet here in San Antonio. That's a large percentage. That's a large percentage. Who are we talking about just older people, that's maybe a misconception people could have, or are we talking about mm -hmm. everybody? And it, it absolutely could be elderly folks, and that's really where we're trying to dig in deeper is to identify who and where and why. Um, so really there's three levels to this assessment that we're taking in. One is the infrastructure portion. So do you have broadband uh, access within your home? The second one is access to devices. So if you do have access to the internet, do you have a device to actually utilize that? And which device do you have? There's a lot less capabilities with a smartphone than there are with a laptop, especially when we're talking about economic development, we're talking about applying for jobs, uh, you know, uh, doing homework for kids. Can't really do that over a smartphone. So access to infrastructure, access to devices, and then the third is really important. It's all about knowledge. Um, do the folks that have access to the Internet and access to device, do they actually know how to use it? Do they know the capabilities of how to use it? Um, so that's that's really what we're focusing on with those three items. And after we look through those, we'll have some, some pretty clear answers to go off of. And I know this is still in some really early stages, and San Antonio is going to have its own um, problems to solve and characteristics contributing to this. But have we seen in other cities, what are the types yeah. of ways we might address this? So we've seen Seattle and San Jose do some amazing things when it comes to P3 solutions, so public-private partnerships. Mm -hmm. So when I mentioned the telecom and IP, IC, ISPs, they're not only wanting to know where to install, you know, uh, Wi-Fi and all these access points, but they also want to know, can they provide some money? <laughs> and that's really the thing about us. We don't want to just take in the money and distribute it to, you know, in a blanket situation. So that'll really be a, a big solution for us. I mean, you know, the Googles and everybody else coming in and throwing out the Google laptops, are we actually utilizing them in a productive manner? Uh, we want to make sure we're doing that. Uh, Saha is doing some tremendous things, and that's why we're a close partner with them. Uh, they actually uh, provide kind of wide open Wi-Fi in a lot of their units and they've done this with by creating their own technology within their own teams. Um, so I, I think that's that partnership is going to be very beneficial. Public Library offers free Wi-Fi throughout all the libraries. Another one of our smartest partners is VIA. VIA has the largest free Wi-Fi network within the city because they offer free Wi-Fi on all their buses. Mm -hmm. How do we bridge the gap between all those components and see if there's some way we can all work together a little more productively? Switching gears over to the streetlights, smart streetlights, um, where are we kind of with that? Yeah, so this is a great example of how we're working with our partners closely and we're also utilizing feedback from that community engagement, uh, uh, community outreach phase that we went through. 
Um, so we have five use cases that we're plugging into this RFP, which is really interesting. Typically when you RFP or do a request for proposal mm -hmm. for procurement purposes, you usually identify the technology that you want or the solution that you want. Again, we're using use cases that we developed and the challenges that were dictated by community members themselves. Uh, so one of them is traffic mitigation. So uh, really the, the street lights, we're doing 15 in each of our innovation zones. And those three innovation zones are in the medical center, downtown, and down at Brooks. So we're taking 15 street lights in each zone, and we're going to split those out in, in fives. One vendor gets each one in each zone. So basically each vendor gets 15. What we'll be testing out there is uh, censoring for air quality measures, water quality, uh, sorry, air quality measure, measures, temperature sensing, so we can identify where the heat, heat islands are in the city, city of San Antonio and figure out ways to mitigate that. Uh, another one is traffic mitigation. Uh, so understanding in the medical center how traffic flows and how you know inefficient or efficient it is. Mm -hmm. um, parking sensing. So we're going to try to identify some solutions for parking in our downtown area. So there's some technology out there where you know on street parking you can identify it and therefore when you're going to downtown you can see where the parking spots are available before you have to get there and circle the block a thousand times. Uh, and the last one is really cool. It's a partnership obviously among CPS, because this RFP is going through CPS, it's their streetlights. But it's a partnership between CPS, the City of San Antonio, and the River Authority. So this last one is a flood prediction model. Um, River Authority's already been working on it, but they really need the technology to plug in. Uh, and that's where we're going. So those are the five use cases, really cool. And I think, the, I think that streetlight, um, I think we'll be implementing around October, September. And we'll be we'll be start getting feedback in October, and we'll be a six month pilot phase. So we're prototyping technology within those innovation zones to see what works and what doesn't. You've touched on this in both of these cases, but have you found that there are a lot of entities and agencies across the city that are coming up with these technological solutions to problems? I mean, how has it been to kind of break down the silos and get everybody working together on that? Um, I really talk about my team as we're we're a team of bridge builders. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's tough to get past the silos, especially within like you, you know municipal agencies. People probably don't even know sometimes. I had no idea Saha was doing the Wi-Fi yeah, stuff or exactly. the River Authority. You know. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that's really cool. But we we work with organizations that kind of cross that that line. Uh, so, I, so one example is the Digital Inclusion Alliance. You know, when we're doing that digital divide assessment, I want to know who else is doing that work, so that way we're not, if we're doing double work, we actually we actually, we at least know it. Um, so, it, it's working with nonprofit organizations. You know, having conversations with the leaders in this space, whether it's tech space or public service space, um, and honestly, kind of dropping off the egos a little bit. You know, everybody wants to own what they have and kind of get the credit for it, but at the end of the day. As Paula Gold Williams says a lot, she says we always we can go further uh, together than we can go, you know, singular. Um, so uh, I think that's been really uh, incredible is having those conversations out in the open and saying, hey, this is what we want to do. Are you doing it? You know. How did I mean? Maybe this is something obvious, but coming up with the idea to use. Um, a street signal to also detect flood-prone areas and heat right. islands. I mean, where did that come from? Was that because you heard about these problems yeah. separately? I mean, other cities are doing this technology already. You know, they're really implementing it. But uh, a lot of times, you know, sometimes it's not really geared to community challenges. It's geared to what's, what's the new shiny thing. I mean, we 
since the first week we were in the job, you know, we got vendors coming at us left and right. So yeah. we know the options are out there, but it's all about which options are most applicable to our situation here in San Antonio. I think sometimes when people hear the word innovation or imagine an office of innovation, they do think of those flashy things and they think only downtown. And there are definitely solutions we need downtown. But is this a whole city approach? And are there ways that we could use this to create more equitable um, transportation and Right. Yeah. Education. So really, um, the city of San Antonio utilizes a lens of equity when we do our budgeting. Um, when we're we're going through budget right now, uh, we look we look through that lens day to day as we pick these projects. Um, so, uh, so the digital divide assessment obviously is a very good reflection of that equity model. Mm -hmm. um, where have we not invested in the past that we need to invest more uh, than other spaces? Um, the streetlight RFP with the water quality and temperature sensing. I mean that really affects our climate. Uh, here in San Antonio, I mean, we don't want to get to the to the end of the road and then figure out, oh, we should have done that better. We should have looked back and you know seen what was going on. Um, one of them that gets confused is a project we're doing down at Brooks, uh, and this will probably kick off late fall, fingers mm -hmm. crossed. Um, but Brooks has been all in about being an innovation zone. They want to try out new stuff that serves their communities better. Uh, and one of the projects that we're working on right now is an autonomous vehicles project mm -hmm. down at Brooks, um, and we're partnering with. UTSA, USAA, and SWERI, uh, Southwest Research Institute. We know SWERI's been doing work on their campus for a long time, and honestly, they're eager to get off of campus and get into a living lab. That gives us the opportunity to do applied research on whether this is working or not. UTSA is gonna be there helping us understand, are we serving the community members that need to be served best, or are we just kind of blanketing to those that have been entitled and can access this? Um, but that's a project we're doing through Brooks, uh, VIA, of course, because the transit center is about to open in September, and our TCI, our tra Transportation Capital Improvements Department here in the city of San Antonio. This isn't just to do something shiny or do something like every other city's done AV, okay, cool, let's copy them. Uh, what we're trying to do is figure out this last mile, first mile issue that we have with our public transit. Um, so before I got into this position, I was on the VIA board, and one of the big issues we had was getting folks from the bus stop to their home or to their job or to wherever they're going to play. Um, and we're hoping that this AV project on Brooks really solves that, considering Brooks campus is a live, work, play area. How can I get that, they have senior living, how can I get that, that senior person across Brooks to, you know, the HEB right outside of Brooks, Brooks a little bit easier without them having to get into a vehicle, without them having to suffer in the heat? You know, if they're disabled, how do I get them quicker? Um, so it's really about trying to connect um, for uh, the needs of the people rather than the wants. Um, and I think that AV project is going to be really cool when it comes to that. For people who are unfamiliar, what is AV? Uh, so autonomous vehicles, so driverless vehicles. Um, we're, uh, they'll start off with the, with the driver in there, with somebody kind of sitting in the car, making sure we, we focus on safety. Um, but we're hoping over the next couple of years that they become truly driverless. I mean, other cities are doing it, and they still have drivers in them. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of technology really controls the car most of the time. So it not only addresses that last mile, first mile, but it addresses a lot of safety items. I mean, when, we come, when it comes down to Vision Zero, technology has some benefits to human drivers, mm -hmm. um, especially nowadays when humans are more distracted at the wheel than ever. Uh, we really think the autonomous vehicles thing could provide safety, uh, some safety solutions, but also you know just basic transit solutions. And at this point, that's still just very much in the testing phase, right? Right. Yeah, very much so. And but that's what the innovation zones are for—is for prototyping and testing. And those were uh, designated by their council members. So. 
And we're not just talking about um, autonomous vehicles for like yuppie no. millennials yeah, like yeah, me who yeah. are going to take it to get somewhere. I mean, yeah. the, there are people for whom they, like you mentioned, they don't have mm-hmm. a vehicle or also people that maybe are not able to drive. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I mean, if you can't afford a vehicle, you typically ride the bus. And the gap is there. I can't, I can't typically put a, put a bus stop right outside of your house. You know, right. it's, we've seen that that's an issue with a lot of public transit ridership is they just can't get from the bus stop to their house or to their job quick enough, um, especially in San Antonio where there's a bit of urban sprawl. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what's the, what's the way to fill in that gap. VIA only has so much funding, so uh, we're trying to leverage those dollars a little bit better. Working in this partnership is definitely the way to do that. Is there anything else that excites you about that project or anything else that you think is interesting that people don't know that they might want to? Um, yeah, so I, I actually think this crosses all boundaries when it comes to innovation and our smart city solutions. It's really the community engagement aspect of it all. Um, you know, it, it's cool knowing about data, it's cool knowing about technology and being in that space, but it's interesting how talented my team is when it comes to knowing about data and how we use data and being able to collect it, and knowing about the technology that's there to offer and knowing how to implement that. But the third level on that and the really important one is the community engagement aspect. So we don't want to operate around the people, we want to operate with them. Uh, one, of the item, one of the ideas that we have coming up is um, some community engagement opportunities uh, called sandboxing. And so one of my teammates uh, came up with the idea of why don't we take the technology and put it out there for a community to play around with? When it comes to a smart street light, why can't I just take one out there and put it in front of a community at a meeting and say, all right, ask me about it? And I think that really um, makes it a little bit easier to start implementing things that people aren't familiar with because you get them familiar before you start implementing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the coolest component about, about all of this is the people aspect and how the city's starting to address that prior to us implementing. Is it tough to find the people that you're hoping to help with these solutions to engage with them, or how do you all do that? Uh, it's very tough because I have a very lean team. So my, yeah. my Smart Cities team is made up of four people right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a city of 1.5 million, not the easiest uh, way For to help reach. For any yeah. But that's where we work with our partners, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sat with CPS's leadership this morning to, to identify how do we better engage with your customers, because your customers are my customers. Yeah. Um, I, that's, that's really where that, that becomes really impactful. I mean, working with UTSA on the digital divide assessment, that's how we get out there. I mean, they have plenty of students that are really interested in this topic. Mm-hmm. Why don't I utilize them for something that benefits the entire city? Um, that's, that's where that partnership really comes into play, is, is the outreach portion. Are there any other types of partners you're looking for or anyone else you'd like to hear from or reach out to? Money, 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 money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's yeah. like everything. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, honestly, it does come, up, come to the outreach. Um, that community engagement aspect, you can never have enough volunteers. You can never have enough mm-hmm. people, you know, raising their hands to say, hey, I want to spread the word about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Typically, you'll get that when it's time to go negative. <laughs> uh, but this is really a positive conversation right now. We really want to hone that in a little bit more. As I mentioned, we want to be very proactive when it comes to educating our community members uh, before they just find out by running into a, you know, into a spot. So. When people hear smart city or smart cities, do they get what that is? No. Oh, man. What is it? <laughs> yeah, the first question we always get is, a smart city for who? And what do you mean us by a smart city? It's, um, I, f- I think it was Austin city manager. Uh, he was going to a conference on smart cities, and he was going there to speak. And um, 
when he got to the conference, they asked him while he was on stage, what's a smart city to you? And he said, I drove out of my city and I drove by an, a homeless encampment. I mean, tents just going up and down every street. And he said, that to me is not a smart city. I think smart city applies in every single realm of how a city works, uh, whether it's stormwater or whether it's housing. Um, you know, it applies to all those angles. Now, do you have enough capacity to answer all those with a smart city quote unquote solution? Uh, probably not, but can you be more aware of it? So when it comes to digital divide, it's not just about throwing out technology. It's about figuring out why is this occurring? Uh, that's really a smart city, getting down to the, to the baseline level of it. We don't really enjoy using smart city, the terminology, because it has become a buzzword a lot more. Um, but you know, we're, that's what me and my team are there for, is to redefine what that means and make sure it's about the people. And it sounds like your focus is not on technology, it is on people. Absolutely, it's always about the people. That's what it comes down to. Um, that, that's, that's really the, the running theme within our office and our team, and, and that's why I'm really grateful to have them there. I don't have folks that are you know, just, well, that's not cool enough. Mm -hmm. Is it affecting the people? It's very cool. <laughs> Anything else that you uh, think is important to note? Um, so there is one other thing. Um, folks can get involved in this space. Um, so we have a program called SIFTEC SA. Uh, and what this is, is it's a program to uh, focus on, we, we work with sixth graders to 12th graders, we work with colleges and universities, uh, we work with uh, potential startup companies. And the whole focus is on bringing civic challenges to the community and saying, hey, we're not, we may not be the smartest ones in the room. You probably are. You know this better than we do. So we bring them into the fold of figuring out civic challenges. And this could be anything from figuring out a better way for the airport to work or figuring out how do we predict better flooding uh, you know, prediction uh, analysis. How do we do that better in this space? How do we solve for homelessness? Um, currently, one of the teams within our residency program is trying to solve for our, our homelessness issue to identify where are homeless individuals and how do we solve that. Um, so the, the, the CIPTEC SA program is really important, really key to our progression. We're going into year three of that, um, so I'm really excited. We've, we've, uh, we've built it into a much more robust program. program. Uh, I, I, think, I think that's a good one for folks to get engaged with in the, in the, in the manner of, oh, you can be involved. This was Commerce Street from Ken's Five Eyewitness News. Thanks for listening.